0: Hi, this is Jordan Shibley. <laughs> and this is Brock Wilbur.
1: I'm Nika Harper.
0: And you're listening to Carrying Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or dark story we've heard, and try to flip it. Or find the silver lining into something that, while probably not very positive, will at least be productive. Happy to happy year today, Nika.
1: Oh, hi. You yes. A-
0: <laughs> you want to tell us a little about yourself, what you do?
1: Hi, um, I'm Nika. I, I I do a lot of things. I'm all over the internet. Um, I am friends with you two fine people that I met in completely different ways and in, in awesome events and things like that. You're both very funny and dear to my heart. So. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I wouldn't wake up at 11 for anyone else. I am I am a creature of the night. I got to bed at like 630 and that was early. So I'm doing
0: 30 a.m.
1: Yeah. I can't sleep at night almost wow. ever. It is extremely difficult for me. So. So this yeah. is
0: actually uh, as opposed to what I think you're going to talk about a blessed occasion.
1: Now we have you uh, sure. have you woken up. Yes, yes. <laughs> or is um, it also? <laughs> yes, so what uh, you... I brought the big topic of cursed objects today.
0: Yes, which I, I did... am excited to discuss this.
1: I did no backstory on whatsoever, but I wrote a story on it, but that doesn't help. <laughs> so
0: um... so we're going to do something a little different this <laughs> week than we normally do. We're just going to shoot the shit about what we like about cursed objects and then we're all going to make one up.
2: Does, as we get started here, does everyone have like a favorite pop culture cursed object? Mine has always been uh, from Needful Things, uh, Stephen King's book, and then from oh, the the movie yes. adaptation, which, uh, boy, everyone sure loves uh, Duncan on that now, including Rick and Morty. So it, it, it seems less fun than it was uh, before to show people Needful Things. But uh, within there, the Needful Things object that uh, that the devil gives to uh, the mayor, Buster uh, Keaton, uh, is a uh, one of those old timey little horse rakes uh, track board game things that you would you'd wind it up and it would uh go in different you know different speeds and every time there'd be a different horse that won and at the uh, what he would do with his magical horse race board game was that he would get the list of the actual horses running that day, uh, touch each horse in order on the board game board and uh, say the name of a different horse that was running that day and then the magical cursed object would predict. Uh, the outcome of the horse races, uh, which I I remember seeing as a kid. And like it was something perhaps about the um, the nature of the fact that like there isn't really a twist on the device other than like this guy has to go out and like do terrible things to his friends and neighbors. Like there's no like you're you become a horse at the end is the weird twist of it. But there was something very interesting about <laughs> the idea of scamming. uh A system that as a Christian kid, I was raised to believe like, well, gambling is bad, but like is is taking money from gamblers actually good. And then that there was some part of this that was actually like this combination of old timey, uh, like board mechanical board game stuff, which in the movie they layer over the top of it. The sounds of an actual horse race, which is such a, a disconcerting thing, but also just the physical nature of having to like touch each of these tiny jockeys and like say the name in order to invoke it. Uh is, is always something that like when I think cursed object in my head, like to this day, it is like some of that functionality that I find fascinating. It's like you have to believe in a thing, but you also have to do like a physical representation of that. And the idea of engaging into like a parasocial relationship with a cursed object, uh, I think that that's fascinating. And that always carries through as like, okay, well, sometimes it can be good but like it has to be weird it has to be, take something from you and, and make you really commit to the bit uh, to work and I, and I like that more than like you know a genie lamp
1: yeah, there was. The, um, I don't remember that that part of Needful Things, which I think is really funny. I can remember like three of the objects. I think one of them was a baseball card. I remember two of the Elvis ones, which I always found really interesting because I never understood the concept of Elvis. Um, <laughs> he's he's a cryptid to me. Like it just completely goes beyond me. Um, the baseball card but, is is in know, fact
2: that it's a Sandy Koufax card, which was um, yeah uh, exciting at the Jesus time be, be, because of course it was uh, uh, the only Jewish. Player to have, have made it big in the leagues uh, at that time. Oh, that's fascinating! Uh, but also, the the card itself uh, that the devil himself pulls out of the basement is made out uh to brian i believe is his name which is the name of the kid that we first meet in the movie and so the- how
1: recently did you read this because i was like 12
2: oh i rewatch it with some frequency now. but like yeah he's okay, like the baseball cards it. made okay, out so to actually you actually. and signed by this guy that's been dead oh, yeah. forever and it's like yeah you should have known something was up that seems a little too cursed
1: there's there's something that's also really interesting about uh, the needful things as as the, the the story or the concept is that the I- items themselves are not technically cursed. Right. It's the bargain that you get with the devil who is selling them to you that is actually I mean total spoilers. <laughs> but um, but it's it's like the objects themselves are all pretty blessed. Like they're pretty cool things. <laughs> um, you you it's it's the again it was the bargain like um in order to get this thing you have to you know sabotage your neighbor in some way and and like do some some small amount of of bad in the community and then that starts to ramp up because you want to hold on to this thing um but yeah all all of the objects were like it's exactly that it's it's the um they'll give you your your deepest object of desire which for someone is apparently horse racing and Someone well, that's else money. dates with it's, Elvis or
2: whatever. Yeah. The real cursed object was us all along. That's the problem.
0: Um before I talk about the one I like, I also really like the idea that the needful things cursed objects aren't really cursed because of something that's happened to them. They're cursed because of you. Right. You're the you're your your evil yeah. is the curse that curses it and turns it into a cursed object. And it's really just a mirror for whatever is evil in you. May we
2: all be yeah. uh, may yes. we all one day become our own curses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so my favorite one is, even though I have a lot of issues with Clive Barker as a writer, I really like the puzzle boxes from Hellraiser.
2: Ah, uh, the lament oh, configuration. Yeah. You just did like your first yes. like Barker read, right?
0: Yeah, and I, th- I I bought like five Barker books and threw them all away after reading one chapter. <laughs> I am not I because I had wa- I had I had just watched the Lord of Illusions uh-huh. and it's fucking amazing. It's like basically a magic Mage the Ascension campaign made into a movie. That's Scotty Bakula, like, right? Oh man, I must have been. I was like, I, and then I watched Hellraiser one and two. And, um, and I was like, man, I must have been snoozing on Barker. You know, <laughs> I'm going to buy a bunch of books. So I literally bought like 60 bucks of Barker books, read one chapter of the Scarlet Gospels and threw them all in the trash. <laughs> like, it was just gore and violence in such a mean-spirited kind of um sadistic way. You no, know, it does feel I'm
1: mean-spirited. Like, there is something it, it, about that. It
0: was. I, I'm fine with gore. And I was all into the idea for the Scarlet Gospels of like, Yes, blood magic, ritual, like, cutting and all this stuff. I was ready for that. I was not ready for, like, the description of, like, content warning of just, like, sexual assault, you know? Yeah. But but super violent. You really should have gotten his children's books, the Aberat
2: series, uh, because to watch him make the leap from that into uh, kids' books is uh, wild.
0: I do love the comic book Thief of Always. Oh, okay. That's a very good, that's a great story and a great comic book. I haven't read the novel, but the adaptation was a great little creepy haunted house story. So like, I was kind of oh, taken aback care. by like the, I can, I've read a bunch of gory stuff and this is like, just like so sadistic, you know, that I was just like, it's not my thing. Right.
1: Yeah. Off to the reader. Doesn't flip
0: my boat, but I do love <laughs> the idea of a box that you have to like, that, that you're tantalized by what's inside of it. And you're forced to, you're not forced, but you're the whisper from this box makes you unlock your own doom. Isn't there? I lo- aren't
1: there other allegories for things like that? I mean, that's it, I'm, it, it's pretty sure it's mythological. to Pandora's box. Literally, don't open this box. You open the box, etc. Yeah. Um. All all evil is unleashed into the world. Um. But are there? I mean, I. It's such a good concept, especially when it's a puzzle box. Are there any other? examples of something like that. It feels like it's tickling something else in my brain where I'm like, it's like this, but I do not have that. <laughs> so that's
0: the curse i also I also love cursed objects like mirrors that are liminal spaces to other places yes
1: that's that's you know, one of my favorite tropes in writing. In yeah. um mirrors was actually going to be one of the things mirror worlds and 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 stuff was was gonna be another one of the topics that I have uh, i I yeah, love, I love the... that idea. I there's a certain element of um variety that I that I like with cursed objects. We talk about Magnus archives a lot. I yes. am in love with my Magnus archives. There are some cursed objects in that.
0: Yeah, the whole the whole thing is kind of based around the idea of cursed objects.
1: My favorite ones, of course, are like the table or the calliope and and what or, in... or the
0: books. Lightner's the books, books themselves the books, are, are pretty cursed objects. Once you read them, you summon something. <gasps> um, I did
1: an entire D and D campaign based upon essentially the Lightner collection, which was but like in more D and D terms. Um, the yes, I I absolutely. That's those are the stories that get me really, really going for for Magnus. Yeah, lives. Just hearing super cursed it.
0: object. The book so of Mister Spider's book. Mister Spider is Mister Spider is coming to visit you. Now he's at the door. <laughs>
1: Uh, as, yeah, as you read it, it I, I talked to uh, to Jonathan about that, and he said he didn't like that one as much because it felt cheap. He was just like, yeah, this oh, has been no. done before, and I'm like, it's amazing!
0: <laughs> I know, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's a trope. I mean, it's just like Stephen King's story, the, the young something virus travels north where oh, the yeah. guy the oh, guy buys really a, good. Yeah. it's really creepy the guy buys a painting and it's just a guy in a car but there's something wrong about his smile you know and it keeps and driving, it, and, it keeps driving and, then, and then he like looks and sees that the car is parked outside of his house in the painting now and the door opens
1: apparently that's a based on a real portrait that uh, Stephen's wife got him and he was just like this is fucked up I'm gonna write a story <laughs> about it and that's literally what I do with most of my life, where I'm just like, that was a weird situation. Guess I'm going to write a story about it. Another thing that always springs to mind, whenever I think of cursed objects, not specifically the objects within it, but just the idea of something like Borgin and Burks from uh, Harry Potter. It's literally an entire store full of cursed shit. You just, you walk in there... And there's there's uh, a necklace that will kill you, and then there's all of this other stuff. Everything has been tainted or touched. and A is necklace that will that kill
2: service. you. I'll, I'm just going <laughs> to... That might be my new ringtone. You just delivered it so well, and I really enjoyed that.
0: <laughs> so, so I am not a Harry Potter scholar by any means, so... The point of this is to buy curse objects to then inflict on people?
1: Yes, that is okay. that is part of it. So a lot of dark magic is obviously just, you know, generally bad stuff. It's, it's Some stuff is trapped, some stuff is not. I, I love walking into something like that and um, just, like, an entire store full of stuff that you probably shouldn't be messing with. Uh, museums. Museums are another thing. I think I like the idea of, like, objects that have histories far beyond our knowledge. I think that we take things for granted. And uh, I, I think that mystery is something that we don't get enough in our lives. And we, we don't take the time to think about about those things, about the paths um, that we lead, or the strangers that we meet, uh, what their lives could be like, what what we could do differently, and, and the things that we get. Uh, every used book, what was it used for what what happened i think we place a lot of emphasis on things in our world like heirlooms but without any of the gravitas that that means to be
2: fair used Um, books is the sounds like the name of a great richard bachman short story uh, yes. What were they used for? It's a perfect tagline for the movie.
1: Really? No, 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 no I'm it saying it, it, it I'm should be. No, no, ideas. You, you should Sling be. it out, should Sling it out, I've actually been working on a podcast around around a similar kind of thing around the idea of like cursed objects in this um, in this sort of antique store kind of feeling um, that I'm that I'm working on with a friend. I have I have a, a strange little story that I think is, is kind of funny and I'm not sure who to hate over this sort of thing um, but I needed some grave dirt for not like grave dust or anything but just grave dirt fantastic generally yes sort of good ground, um, for, for witchy stuff so I needed a jar of I that mean, and as my, long as it's not
0: grave dust you know
1: No, yeah well th- it's different grave wax <laughs> I would love grave wax if anyone could get me some of that um, Gra-
0: grave, grave wax is the title of my about
1: her, <laughs> yes, grave wax. It's, uh, it's your
2: uh, your mixtape,
1: grave wax and tacos. It's
2: your mixtape pressed to a yeah, record.
0: It's, it's, it's the, the, the title of my first erotica collection, <laughs> grave waxed.
1: Yeah, but it's also W H A C K S grave wax. <laughs> yeah, so I was out visiting my boyfriend in New Hampshire, and he goes, "Oh hey." Um, let's go. There's this graveyard on the way to the airport. We can just go past there and my, uh, my grandma is, is in there. I'm like, great! I would love to introduce myself to your, you know, departed grandmother and then take some of her dirt. I figured that that would be safe. I took it, I wrapped it up, put it in my luggage the luggage comes back and I open it up <laughs> and of all of the things which I had also put into jars, the jar of dirt had sort of exploded, shattered. And so there were shards of glass <laughs> and fucking grave dirt all over and I was furious. And then when I opened it up in the in the very top of that, it just there's a TSA tag. So I am guess I'm blaming TSA for being messy with my grave dirt. But also, yeah, that's 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 like an on brand story that I opened up my luggage and it's just shards of glass and grave dirt everywhere.
0: I think that that seems like something that we par for the course for when you steal the Dirt from a grave.
1: I didn't steal yeah. it. I was introducing myself. I'm like, hello. I've been, dating, I've been dating your grandson for a year. It is really nice to meet you. Scrabble, scrabble, like <laughs> scraping up some dirt. Well, I'm not going back to there anymore either. Did you
0: take a core sample?
1: A core sample?
0: Did you like do like an auger and drill down to get like the good deep grave? <laughs> no, dirt?
1: I took I took the superficial dirt. I took superficial, easy somewhat dry See, dirt. Maybe
0: maybe you should take in some meaningful dirt instead of superficial oh my
1: dirt. Oh god. <laughs> would, anything more meaningful and my my luggage would have been banned by the TSA because it would have exploded because even the jar did at that point. Again, so it was this is a not quite cursed object but but one of those things. And there's there's always something interesting that that I find about again, the idea of that. Um the the idea of retrospect. It just starts off as an object. It starts off as something that, that is is grown into your life. And you have to put the pieces together. Because it's not going, it, generally speaking, it's not going to be like, hey, yo, I'm cursing you or anything. Um, but if if you got, like, this cool watch that you got from somewhere, you don't know that it's bringing ruin into your life. It's something that you actually have to figure out for yourself and then track back to it. And dabbling in the witchy arts like I do, there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, eh, is this going to be cursed? Do I believe in curses? Is is there something in my life like six years ago that I can point to and be like, aha, you're the reason. But I think that that's just an easy way out. The, but this also seems
2: like a question that we should have brought history. up earlier as you are actually a professional witch. Uh, do you have things <laughs> that you look for that are yeah. signs that something, you know, shouldn't be brought into your house or might uh, contain trace elements of, I don't know, uh, curse?
1: I think I've always been really bad about that. Um, there's, uh,
2: <laughs> well, yeah, your luggage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the luggage never really made it in here. Also, again, if she didn't want her grave dirt to be like desecrated in some way, well, now it's in a vacuum cleaner. Like that's, that's worse. So I think this would a bit of a practical... How how do you
0: you cannot you can, you can't be sure that that grave dirt didn't explode the minute it crossed over the devil's trap that I'm sure you have on your threshold.
1: That's fair. It's all that salt. <laughs> um, no, was, I don't blame the dirt, but I don't know what I blame anymore. It's literally just a funny story that I'm like, yeah, of course, of course, it happens to freaking grave dirt from New Hampshire. Of course, of course, uh, <laughs> because that's my life. So, uh, but when it when it comes to it, like I think that there's just a vibe. I think a lot of witchness is is a lot about um, how did how did they. What is it? Mindology, I think, uh, was was sort of a, a, a joke that is made in a Discworld series about learning what, what makes a witch. Like half of what makes a witch is the magic stuff. And then half of it is just being a little bit of a step ahead, thinking about things in a different way and uh, using your feelings uh, and being practical. It's a lot about being practical. Headology. That's it. Headology. Um, half of being a witch is is the uh externalizing of being a witch and making people believe you that you are, and then they'll treat you like it and then it sort of like, you know, compounds. But also Discworld is amazing and everyone should read it. Um I'm speaking specifically about sorcery, the book with got, uh, y- Granny Weatherwax and everything.
0: It's gotta fake it till you hex it. <laughs> She's not Mace a fake, shirt. you
1: know, like these are they're real witches, yeah. but a lot of the times when people want something, especially Facebook. <laughs> yeah, like they, they want a witch, um so they go in for witchy stuff you're not going to go to a witch that doesn't look like a witch does you know and mostly you're going to come to them with stupid things like i have a headache and they'll just be like oh yes i can feel the aura around you and then they slip you to your aspirin and like that's the way that it goes (laughs) you you function as a lot of things as a witch um i will say that i have had a tarot deck that is not my friend um uh each each tarot deck kind of has its own personality and you know you can kind of figure out what they what readings they want to do not surprisingly this was a Lovecraft deck so I got that and I was like this is really cool oh it's so pretty and I did some some readings of it and it was a bastard <laughs> like
0: I, I just, feel like this is your fault
1: it was a, <laughs> for, no, for picking I
0: have, a Lovecraft deck <laughs>
1: No, I I have I have I think scarier decks in in my in in my uh, possession and plus like the art was really really cool and again it, it's the half and half right these are just cards and they're benign but also they're not it's the ability to think two things at once it's it's the ability to believe even if there is no belief etc so I'm I'm playing with this sort of thing. And I'm going through it. And it's just a trickster. Like, it doesn't want to be owned by me. It said so. Like, it was, it was just being kind of a jerk. And so I'm just like, fine. And I put it into a bag and I set it aside. And then I went to a, wow, cursed objects have really done, like, sort of set the stale for a lot of my life. And I'd never actually noticed it before now. We started um, the episode today before
2: but- you got to listen in audience with uh, being like, oh, I don't know uh how what what cursed object <laughs> should I talk about and uh the uh the cursed object was the subject itself because it turns out uh Nika's encountered a lot of them
1: <laughs> i well no not really actually, and that's what's really funny about it uh i it's it's again it's more of the concept of it it's more the excitement of of it narratively and and so forth as well um but i I went to this uh there's a masquerade ball that happens down here, and I dressed up as this sort of witch person you know like a a uh traveling you know one of those uh uh snow white is is an example one of the witches that go through and they have weird little trinkets and things for sale or for trade and and whatnot i
0: love doing that
1: Hmm?
0: like a hedge witch
1: yeah along those lines yeah so there was like barters and i had this entire cauldron and i set it up and i put this costume together in like two days because obviously i can just do that with stuff in my house um and it was so cool and i had so much fun and i traded off a lot of stuff i was like here take this thing take this cool thing here do you like this necklace and and so forth it was so much fun to just be in that sort of character at a place that was more or less made for it um and one of the objects that i brought with me was that goddamn lovecraft tarot deck and I had it in the in the thing and I showed off one of the cards and people kept wanting to take one of the cards. And I was like, absolutely not. And then they're like, well, I'll take this. And I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, you have to take the entire deck. Also, do you know about tarot? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, then don't take it. What are you doing? <laughs> you're like A literal witchy person offers you a tarot deck and you're just going to take it. That is foolish. So I gave away a whole bunch of really other cool stuff. Um, but I couldn't find anyone for this deck and I knew that it didn't want to be in my hands. And so finally someone goes, I think I really want it. And we talked about tarot for a little bit and I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Like you're super into this. And I had her count the cards and one of them was missing and I'm like, I can't give it to you now. I'm like, it, it, that would just be awful. Then you can't work with it, and it's just like this mess. And I knew that this the deck was tricking me again. By the time I got it home, there was all of the cards were there again. And I was just like, oh, I can't get rid of you. So it's still over there. I am literally staring at it and regarding it as we speak. I'm like, you little bastard.
0: So what is everyone's made-up cursed object?
1: Oof.
2: Mine is a mine is a parody cover of uh, Ariana Grande's thank you next called thank you Hexed uh, in which she proceeds to uh ears. <laughs> no uh i I think mine has always been uh, my cursed object is is one that like it is it is an object that I've always wanted uh because I grew up playing Mist and reading the mist tie-in novels, and if you are not of our age group, uh mist was about a series of worlds. Uh, where uh, a group of magic people wrote books and you could uh, touch the book and enter into the world that was written in the book, uh, which is used, obviously, as one would do to make a series of nonsensical puzzles uh, for no one. Uh, But within the books, they they had a whole civilization. But also, like, if you wrote, like, a bad book, you could wind up getting trapped in a nothing world for forever uh, if you didn't have your right book (laughs) to get home. And I've always considered that I would love to have a version of that that is records. If you have a turntable, a magic turntable, that, uh, cursed I suppose, uh, where when you played records in reverse, it allowed you to enter the world of that record and in the same way, whatever the music of that record would be, would become the world that you entered. But I realized that this would become a cursed object uh, in my hands, because inevitably I would die in Metallica world or something like that. that I'd be like, you know what? This would maybe be fun, and then I just never come back from that. So that's yeah. my. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> or, or you get, the, you the you get record stuck in, in the mo- the, mo- the, mor- the morass of Dashwood Confessional oh world. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> Why would you ever, ever, even as a joke? It's just
2: hair everywhere. It's the entire world. <laughs> you know, it's
1: a magic turntable.
2: <laughs> so Jordan, what's yours? So my object.
0: Is was found by Solomon Bathurst. He was a temporary archivist at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and he was tasked with um, cleaning out the back closets of some of the archives. And he found this dusty painting that was leaned against a wall, which is not how these things are supposed to be stored at all. And he put it up. And when you stare at this painting, you can't remember anything before the painting. In it. There's a hillside painted in the dark green of rotting vegetation against a black sky. The black paint glistens wetly, and what must be a trick of the light in this back room is if you could reach out and press your finger into its surface and it still be wet. In the hillside of this scenery is the outline of a door, and a child stands facing it with their back to the viewer. The door is outlined with a pale, sickly light. The yellow paint spills into the green of the hillside like a spreading bruise across flesh you don't know how long you've been staring at this painting but as you look at it the notion grows upon you like the quiet bleaching of bones beneath a silent sky that the child in the painting is closer to the door than they were before and the light the yellow paint that spreads itself across the corpse of green that yellow light is changing that's my cursed object
1: So now we see why you were so quiet at the beginning of the podcast. (laughs) That's cheating. I haven't thought about mine yet. Uh, When I was in uh, high school, I was doing a lot of role play stuff. And there's, there's this one object that I think is thematically very important to me. And it's a glass apple. It's, you know, about the size of a normal apple. It doesn't look anything quite like it. it it's just normal, a, a you know, what you would consider a, a glass one to be. Within it is this, you think that it's just like this deep, dark red color. But within it, you can actually tell it's churning. That the redness might be blood, might have a little bit of sort of almost a metallic look to it sometimes. You you can see effects going on in there and it's not very common, but there is movement in it it was something that I had written a long time ago because I had gotten this glass apple. And for now I still collect them actually. Uh, when I go places and I see a glass apple of some kind, they're, they're sort of rare, but you can sometimes find them in the weirdest of places. I went to Taiwan and, and found one and was just like, yes, I'm getting, I'm buying this. That one glows in the dark. So that was a surprise. Uh, (laughs) Just accidental. Oh my God. Uh, But I I love the idea of something symbolic to me specifically, Um, also glass, something that we cherish that is also delicate, that is holding something else in, and we don't know what that is, but it might be calling to us, that there's something in there, and at some point, the only thing stopping you from opening it is this shell of glass that you will probably break. that's mine cool awesome
0: (laughs) so do you have a carrying into the void moment for us this week
1: do i do i do i do i was listening to your podcast and i was like oh i want to do one of these so here's mine for cursed objects you feel isolated and you are you did not make yourself this way you did not make you at all something else did there's enough time, or there's time enough for blame sitting on your velvet cushion or hidden in rough cloth in the depths of a forgotten attic chest. Forgotten, that's the key. It's hard to be forgotten, especially when you only came into existence at the moment that you had become reviled. Look past my faults, you whisper. I want to be held. I want to be worn and danced around, like the birthing of me in the beckoning firelight, swept through hands lustrous with revenge and beauty, celebrated for what I held within me, imbued with all the hopes of pain and hunger. How quickly those curdling fires went out, and the hands stopped caressing, and admiration turned to avoidance. So you shine brighter. Strength in your walls and luster in your curves, externalizing that ache to be wanted. There was never a more grand version of you than the one hidden on that dusty shelf in that darkened corner. The dust and the darkness dare not touch you. They hide, for there are things of rot and ruin, and you send them crawling to a safer perimeter, just outside your reach, as you are outside the reach of anyone else. Your time will come again. When the brush of a fingertip and the gaze of a wayward eye will rest upon you, giving you rest. The purr of that touch soothing and awakening the memories which flash out of your every angle. The dancing fire, the tickle of ritual, that hunger. You are a product of all that made you and so much more. You are magnetic, consuming, calling out resplendent, you will face your newest friend and whisper, break me. Break me quickly or you will be the one who shatters.
2: Yay! Nice! Yes!
1: <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> yes. That was
2: awesome. Nika, where can people find you on the onlines?
1: Oh, my stars! Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter, at Nika Harper. That's where I do most of my stuff. Um, that's, yeah, I... I've been trying to figure out places to put writing such as this. And I had a Tumblr for it, but I don't know if I'm going to keep it. So I might move that over to something. So yeah, at this point, just at Nika Harper is probably the most direct way to find me.
2: Jordan, where can people find you and your work and support you? You can find me at, at hottest
0: singles on Twitter, writing weird stories and um, jokes. And then I also have a Patreon, which is dread singles where I run a monthly choose your own adventure and write smut.
2: Oh, so yeah. if you
0: want if you want to read some smut and have a choose your own adventure about necromancy that's where you would go um and then also i make t-shirts at voidmerch.net. and also one more place you can find nika is sometimes narrating stories on pseudopod
1: PseudoPod, yeah which I'm, is like one of my
0: favorite podcasts
1: <laughs> i've done a couple of things with cast of wonders as well and i I loved them so much and I was so excited when I when I finally got like the first um, call out to do a narration for them and then when they find something kind of problematic they just bring it to me now (laughs) they're just like all right this one's a lot of content warnings on this guy and I'm like I love it (laughs) so I've been having a lot of fun with um, with that and oh it feels so nice to to be part of something that you love a lot like this podcast i'm so happy to be here because i've been listening to this like nonstop for the past week and i love it so
2: uh i'm brock wilbur you can find me at brock wilbur on the online zone most places I, i have a couple of podcasts you can find on itunes uh, also, in, in regards to this, uh, keep your eyes open for A24's uh, upcoming Peter Strickland film, Fabric, uh, which is a movie about a haunted dress that kills people. Uh, so that looks real good. Hey. Phantom Thread, but with phantoms. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, anyway, I, I think that's been our show, unless anyone has anything to add.
0: I want to shout out a book I just read um, called Wouder Girls by Rory Power. It is amazing. It is basically if... um. Uh, the Jeff Van der Meer, um, Annih- if Annihilation was set in a girl's boarding school and involved a queer love story. So it is amazing. What? It's bo- body horror and feelings. So read Wowder Girl. I bought it mid tweet powder.
2: thread from you the other day. I was like, no, 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 that's sold. It just got to be here in my house right now. <laughs>
0: Alright, so that yeah, that's it. And keep listening and keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and mini and we'll see you next time.
2: Thank you everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>